Support for today's episode comes from VersaClimber. Listen, I'm a sucker for an original, and VersaClimber has been the first and the best at what they do for more than 40 years. And I'm not gonna BS you guys with anything I don't actually use. That's a promise I will always keep to you on this podcast. And the VersaClimber is one of the best investments I've ever made in our home gym. Now, why? Because sometimes I literally have 15 to 20 minutes to get something in, and there can be times after I'm traveling or some other life stress where I just don't wanna go pound my body and put it through anything high impact. You know how that is if you've been on planes, you just, it's almost like that morning after a hangover, you just feel stiff. And the last thing you wanna go do is go run or sprint or lift heavy or what have you. So with the VersaClimber, I can start a playlist, zone out, and go into my dark space and not have to worry about being sore or stiff for the next day's workout or an afternoon chasing my son. So don't settle for duplicates. Go to VersaClimber.com for more, or better yet, reach out to them directly and tell them I sent you. Welcome to the Art of Coaching Podcast, a show aimed at getting to the core of what it takes to change attitudes, behaviors, and outcomes in the weight room, boardroom, classroom, and everywhere in between. I'm your host, Brett Bartholomew. I'm a performance coach, keynote speaker, and the author of the book, Conscious Coaching. But most importantly, I'm a lifelong student interested in all aspects of human behavior and communication. I want to thank you for joining me. And now let's dive into today's episode. All right, guys, let's get into it. Today, I'm talking with Matt Reynolds, and Matt has nearly 25 years, and if you, it's crazy to think that's a quarter of a century of experience competing in strength sports and coaching barbell-based strength and conditioning. In his earlier life, he competed at a high level in both powerlifting and strongman, and in 2008, he founded one of the strongest and largest strength gyms in the country. It's called, as you would guess, Strong Gym which Matt then sold in 2015 to turn his attention into the broader audience of online coaching, which if you're not in this space is a well over billion dollar industry. Today, his focus is on improving the quality of life of clients and staff through refining power of voluntary hardship. And I love that term because whether you're a corporate executive or whether you're a teacher, whether you're, no matter what you do, right? That's really what training is. I know popular media makes fitness and strength and conditioning and performance look like these things that are super hardcore and only for an elite few. Guys, anybody that just appreciates physicality, breaking a sweat, right? Or voluntary hardship, right? These things are for you. So in 2016, Matt founded Barbell Logic, a company built to provide the highest quality online strength coaching, nutrition, and educational content in the industry. He also puts a primary emphasis on coaching, which is what I love about him because we know that coaching transcends sport. Coaching transcends so many things. Coaching is guidance in its purest form. And since that time, Barbell Logic has grown to be one of the largest online coaching companies on the planet. And if you're in need of resources, they have a great podcast, a YouTube channel, and hundreds of articles on the value of strength training in everyday life. 
Matt is honored to lead a team of 80 incredible, high-performing, yet compassionate people, and we get into it. I think you're going to love this specifically if you are in the business side of things, if you uh, are trying to hire a staff, if you're trying to scale what you do. The thing that I appreciate is Matt and I met at, when we were both speaking at a conference, and he just is so professional in terms of how he conducts his business. And that is needed because a lot of times in fields, especially when people have a little bit of success and they start expanding something, they can get really lazy with their decorum, or sometimes they just have trouble being adaptable across multiple demographics. That is not Matt. You will love this episode. Download your podcast reflection sheet at artofcoaching.com forward slash podcast reflections, and let's get into it. Hey everybody, thanks for joining me with another episode of the Art of Coaching Podcast. I'm here with Matt Reynolds. Matt, it's about damn time. Hey man, thanks for having me on the, sh on the show, on the podcast. It's an honor. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, my pleasure. Listen, you have a really good radio voice and a damn good podcast yourself. So I feel like there's a little bit of pressure here. You know, you have, a, you have kind of that Dan Rather interview presence. Um, <laughs> your facial hair is a little lackluster right now, so you're it's not true. quite as intimidating as usual. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm excited to do this and we're going to dive into some stuff. So I hope you're ready to roll. I, I am, although I will say it's not hard to beat you on radio voices. Oh, wait, <laughs> you're going to start off by throwing that. <laughs> uh, Elaborate on that. Elaborate. So, well, I think when you were on my podcast, you said uh, you sound like uh, a WWE wrestler that swallowed glass. And I was like, well, that's it's not too hard to if that's the standard, I can beat that. But here's the thing, man, you're playing to the home crowd, right? My voice, my voice, no matter how annoying it might be to me, I have audience members that nearly like hung me up to dry for not narrating conscious coaching. And so, you know, <laughs> you might've just caused a problem. Well, I, you know, listen, I want to respect your time. You have such a, a rich history in the strength game and our listeners span a wide range of professions, right? And I think the the folks that are entrepreneurs, business owners, any profession is going to get a lot out of this from somebody that competed in the international stage and strongman. You've created multi-million dollar businesses. All of this, of course, talked about in the bio. But you know, we're we're in a unique space now where we've had to navigate such an interesting time in, in history, right? And if I'm correct, and stop me right here if I if I'm not, you you started Barbell Logic, your company, in 2016, right? Yep, that's correct. Okay, and and I've heard you describe what you do as we, we connect world-class strength coaches with the people that essentially need them. Is, is that still how you described that before? Yeah, 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 I think so. I mean, we try to look at ourselves as the most professional coaching organization, online coaching organization uh, in the world. Uh, yeah, and, and the reason I ask that is because, you know, everybody now talks about change and navigating change. But one thing that I think is interesting about that is most people really struggle to kind of find true differentiation to begin with, but before the pandemic, right? So like, let alone trying to adapt to change, you know, how did you guys, how did Barbell Logic differentiate itself in one of the largest markets in the world, online coaching? How, like, can you just start with that? I know it's a broad, yeah. question, but I'd love to hear you talk on it. No, for sure. Um, I think the easiest thing for me is that I just, I came from a coaching background and, you know, it's interesting that in, um, in the division one and professional world, you're not, you're not called a trainer, you're a coach. And in the, in the private sector, you're called a personal trainer. And I, I just felt like I, I couldn't understand why the coaching market or the coaching industry 
hadn't really busted into that um, that private sector. And so what we tried to do is, is bring world-class strength coaching, strength and conditioning and nutrition coaching to normal gen pop, you know, business professionals and soccer moms and dads. And so that was the first step that, that made a big change. It seems like really, really kind of a no brainer. Um, and then the, and then the other part was we actually coached, which is in the online coaching world, the vast majority of people just, they're selling templates or programs, which I'm actually not knocking that. It's, it's a cheaper way to do it. If you're a college kid and you can only afford your 50 bucks a month or whatever, then it's perfectly fine. But we're coaches. We're not programmers. We certainly provide programming. We've got our own software, programming software that we use. But ultimately, the, the biggest bang for your buck is the fact that we literally break down every single exercise of every single workout every single day of every single client uh, you know, we do screen recordings and we're, and we're marking up our screen and, and, you know, I see what you're doing here. You're a little forward on your toes when you get back on midfoot, the hips back. And so we do that for every client. I just don't think very many people were doing that. So the combination of one, we were both actually coaching technique on every single workout and two, that our primary demographic was just gen pop, middle-aged, you know, upper middle-class people uh, really, I think really was a differentiator for us and really made us, uh, you know, knock on wood sort of pandemic proof. Um, and so, you know, because the, because we spent a lot of time focusing on the relationships and building, being very intentional in our, in our relationships, in fact, very conscious in our coaching, hey, thank you. Yeah. uh, then I think that when you got to, and listen, we had some challenges in COVID, uh, about 60% of our clients train from home, which again is a big help for us when COVID hits, but that means 40% don't. And every single gym in essentially the entire world shut down. And so how do you convince, and we didn't really have to do so, but how, how do you convince your clients to stay and continue to re receive coaching when they don't have a gym to train at? And the simple answer to that is we had spent a lot of time building the relationships with our clients. And so then it was like, look, are you going to sit around and do nothing? Are you going to sit around and watch Netflix? Or are we going to do what we can with what you've got at the house? Okay. Do you have 50 pound dog food bags? Do you have a kettlebell? Do you have the old dumbbells from the garage sale when you, you know, whatever, like let's find what we can find and let's do what we can to avoid detraining and, and get through this. And uh, it worked. We, we had still very low churn all the way through, through COVID and uh, it's, it's gone very well for us. Well, I, I think you talk about a core concept here of just, you know, being adaptable and that comes from clearly defining a competitive advantage, right? Like if we think about, all right, I'm going to create a business. Awesome. What, what kind of competitive advantage do you seek? Right. And then how is that competitive? And, and as you said, it's so funny, people would jump into a specific market. It could be online coaching. It could be anything else. And they think it's competitive just if they render the gnomes on level five, a different color, or no, I got a different template or we use this technology. It's like, no, 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 that that's tricky. Right. And then not only that, does your audience even perceive your advantage that way? You know, and that's why I'm glad you brought up the, the misconception of the term coaching, not even just within, you know, strength and conditioning and what have you, but we even find with art of coaching, part of our big uh, obstacle early on was actually helping people understand that even though my background was performance, that we helped people in the business world and medical world and what have you, you know, and why do you think there is just this overall misuse of the term coaching? Why, why is there so much confusion of what well, people thinking it has to be specific to sport or even online training? Yeah. Do you have to do what, what, where does that come from? Yeah. I mean, I, I assume in culture, I mean, obviously it's, it starts with sport coaches, right? So everybody had a football coach or a baseball coach. So coach, your first coach was not a strength coach. Probably it was your T-ball coach. It was your, you know, little league coach. And so 
So I think you get in that sport mindset. It's for teams. It's for, you know, it's, it's for sport. And, uh, and, and then I think it's just naturally the, the culture has just lent itself that for somebody who wanted to be a strength coach or a strength and conditioning coach, that was a professional coach at the, usually the college or professional level, maybe a club sport. Now, obviously you're seeing more and more high school strength uh, coaches come in, but it's still, when you hear strength coach, what, you know, your average, I mean, you're not just your listener, but you know, uh, my mom, like if I use the term to just the general population, it's a strength coach. Like, Oh, it's, you know, it's a guy that like teaches the football players how to lift. You know, that's the thing. And for, for me, then the other problem I saw was that, um, trainer and listen there's some there are some really great trainers out there but there are far more bad ones and you know there's a lot of a lot of guys out there with the purple polo on with the bosu ball under their arm you know giving the thumbs up at the globo gym that was i was like there has to be something better for gen pop people and and the problem with even in even if there is a great trainer slash coach in your town one they're expensive Two, you gotta you've got to make it fit your schedule. So you know, really fit their schedule. If they're great, they're gonna say, "This is the opening I have." It's Monday, Wednesday, Friday at two in the afternoon. You can't do two in the afternoon. Sorry, that's the opening, right? For us to be able to say, "Listen, not only that, how many rural areas have access to to a great coach? Zero, basically." And so to go, listen, we've created this system where anybody, anywhere, anytime can have access to a great coach for essentially what the cost for a monthly cost of this online coaching is what we would cost for an hour in in-person coaching. So it's also, you've got this incredible price advantage there too. So, you know, it's asynchronous coaching, which, which I'll be the first to admit coaching in person live is better than online coaching, right? I can fix you every rep of every set of every lift. If I'm coaching you live, I can fix you from rep one to rep two. I can make little tweaks, right? I can't do that in online coaching. I can just, I can just uh, fix you from session to session. And so that's not as great. And yet what are your options if you're in rural America? What, it, what are your options if you're an American military, Canadian military guy stationed overseas? And so I think it just, it, it just, you know, we filled a niche that, that people wanted that. And so now it's like, well, if your other, if your alternative is the Globo gym trainer, the 18 year old kid with the name tag that says trainer or a professional coach online where I can coach, where I can train anytime I want at any gym I want, I can travel and do this on vacation. I can upload my videos to the app and then have my personal coach break down my videos it's a no brainer. And so I, I think that's a big piece of it. It's just the culture separated this. So now for us though, we constantly fight this vernacular battle, which is we don't really, it's it, for us, it's a little cringy to hear the word trainer. We're like, we're not trainers, we're coaches, but then that's hard to explain. You kind of have to explain what that is in the private sector. Well, like what we sat, what it sounds like we do is it sounds like we're personal trainers, but to us, we're professional coaches. Well, and, and that much was evident, you know, giving the the audience some context here. You know, we always start each episode as if people, it's a fly on the wall, right? You and I are having lunch or what have you. Yep. You and I met at a conference up in uh, Nodak country, North Dakota, yeah. and no it was clear in your presentation style, right? And one of the, one of the things that endeared me to you is, you know, we have a big kind of internal mantra of fundamentals, not fluff, both in the relational side of things, the way we operate our business and in the way, you know, I always coach folks, you know, whether that's strength and conditioning business or what have you. And you did that, you know, and I remember you took, you took a significant amount of your time to sit down. We had breakfast or something that maybe was coffee, or maybe we just shared yeah. air together yeah. uh, prior to COVID. And you just went off rain man style into how you grew this, <laughs> how you did that. And 
it made it clear. I mean, it's, it's no coincidence that you guys have built a successful and resilient business because when you operate off fundamentals, whether it's teaching people what you do, and I know this isn't all you do, we'll elaborate on this, but focusing on the squat, the deadlift, the press, right? The fundamental staple. Sure. And you do that with business. And then you do that with sourcing and growing great coaches. Success leaves those kinds of clues. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And, uh, you know, within, within this, and you put that specific emphasis, let's, let's go right into your business, right? You guys, I, and from what I understand, you have adapted, you do some things with body weight training and what have you, but mainly you do the yeah. core strength exercises, correct? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. I mean, we, we focus on improving all aspects of fitness for sure. We actually just did a podcast on that earlier today on our podcast where we believe strength is the most important physical attribute. It carries over to all of the other physical attributes better than any of the other ones, but it isn't the only thing we train although it is the first thing we train, right? So we can teach we can teach just about everybody how to squat and deadlift. If an 85, almost every 85-year-old on the planet can deadlift, right? They might not be able to squat, but they can deadlift. And they press and they do these. And then, yes, we do body weight movements. And certainly as time has gone on, we continue to meet our clients where they are. We do conditioning. We do, you know, we've got uh, registered dietitians that are tremendous with sustainable habit-based nutrition. But it is certainly fair to say that the foundation of what we do are the four big lifts. And where I'm going with that, and just to orient our listeners, right? You, you heard Matt say, strength is the foundation of every other capacity. So whether you know, you're know you a member of the initiated uh, that, that understands the, the subject matter or not, if we want somebody to be more powerful, if we want them to be more fit, strength is such an underpinning quality. Now, you said it's not the only thing you do, much like we think social skills and the way we communicate, right? is such sure. an underpinning quality. But that said, we, we teach people about business and, and other things as well. Now, my point with that and why I ask is because so many people will try to think, oh, we could do this and we could do that in this business. And I got a great idea. It's almost like a crime now for people not to share all their great ideas. But sometimes the best business strategy is saying, here's what we're not going to do. That's right. So, so Matt, what are you not ever, and, and I, this is in a vacuum, right? You can say you're wrong in five years and I know I'm putting you on the spot, but sure. what did you know you were not going to do starting off? And why did you make that clear cut decision? Uh, I knew we were always going to coach technique. So I knew we were never going to sell programs. One, one, because I don't think it works very well. I don't think programs, I think programs are, you know, those templates are written for the masses. And I think tr true optimized programming has to be personal. And there are obviously these, these um, fundamental theories that, that I mean, you got to have progression you got to have a, an increase in strength, you know, as a beginner, linear progression is pretty common. And whether that's adding a rep every day or, or adding some weight to the bar, that, that kind of stuff holds true, but true programming has to be personal. But to me, programming was always secondary. Now, listen, I geek out on, pro I love programming. I will, I'll talk about it for years, but technique and consistency are so far beyond what the program is. And listen, you saw, you see this, not only even talk about consistency, how many high school kids are out there doing, you know, bigger, faster, stronger, Nebraska program, whatever, you know, a bunch of 14 year old, you know, barely pubescent kids, but they've got, they're there and they don't miss and they're competitive with each other and they get brutally strong when they're 15, 16 years old, even though the program not, might not be that great. And even sometimes often, actually the technique's not that great. What we saw was for our clients to make long-term progress, they needed to have really good technique. We need to be very tough on making sure that technique was, and we're not talking about, this is the other thing, 15, 16 year old boys don't get hurt in the weight room. 44 year old moms and dads do. 
And so we focus on technique. And so we have to actually coach technique and we focus on consistency. And so we, we actually keep consistency ratings on all of our clients, their, their compliance down to the, down to the set of every exercise. So I can pull up data on any client we've got and know exactly how compliant they were for the last seven days, the last month, the last 90 days, their lifetime. I can see compliance ratings for every coach. I can see compliance ratings across any demographic for us. Like, you know, what, what uh, 30 to 40 year old males, how compliant are they? What, what's the difference between them and 50 year old? And, uh, and so that was a big piece. And then, yes, we focus on programming, but to us, it was never going to be about the programming first. So we were never going to be that. We were never going to sell templates. We'll still never sell templates. We don't think they work. We use minimum effective dose style programming where we make when, you know, we grew up reading these programs in muscle and fitness or the muscle magazines yep. and you would, and you know, and Lord knows who wrote it. Right. So it says Ronnie Coleman wrote it or whoever, and you know, he didn't, but you do it. And maybe it works and it probably does for some small amount of time. And then it stops. And what you would do is you would just go to a different program, right? All right, now I'm going to do body for life. Now I'm going to do like whatever the thing is. And what we do is if you start with basic linear progression, the simplest, most effective novice program there is, where it's just, we're going to add a little weight to the bar, add another rep. We're going to make sure that stress goes up every single session. If stress can go up every single session and it, and it continues to do that, why would you do anything different? You don't need periodization in the beginning. Well, yeah. When that slows down and, 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 you know, stops working, we just make one minimum effective dose change for a maximum return on investment. We don't change the program. We don't give the clients a new template. We make one change. Okay. Like now we're going to have to start adjusting a little bit, the intensity or the volume or the frequency, but, you, but almost never all of those things at once. Maybe we, we make a change in an exercise selection, whatever. So uh, for us, it wasn't about programming templates and, and never will be. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's a clear answer. And there's a lot of good jump off points there. One, the most relevant and, and recent being this morning, I, I had that same conversation with an athlete I'm training that, that plays for the Patriots, right? We did a snatch grip RDL. Well, why the hell are we doing snatch grip? Well, buddy, I can give you a lot of information as to how it's going to strengthen your upper back, engage your lats more, this and that. But here's the reality. You've been doing a conventional RDL for quite a while. And the RDL is a classic hinge. It ain't going anywhere. But we right. need to vary this a little bit. Now, I could put a bunch of goofy shit on it and we could do some other nuanced exercise. Or you could just widen your grip, challenge yep. different accessory muscles. And guess what? When we go back to the traditional RDL, your body will be all the better for it. Yeah, um, it'll be easier. It's amazing. Things like that. Like the 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 snatch grip deadlift the deficit deadlift things that increase the range of motion they're harder and then you pull it and you go back to the regular one and you're like whoa that's easier now like yeah it works that was the yeah. goal get some yeah. adaptation not just the adaptation for the new movement but also the adaptation for the conventional movement work. <laughs> And, that, and that's why, you know, your space, it was so, it was so sorely needed with what you guys do in your product. I mean, I, you just see it, you, you mentioned form not being taught to high school kids, right? When I worked yep. at Nebraska, when I worked at Southern Illinois, you'd see these four or five star recruits coming in that they couldn't move. They, they had yep. no movement proficiency. And then you saw that all the way up to my father, you know, a financial advisor, and I'd have to explain linear, you know, programming to him as kind of, hey, dad, it's basic compound interest. Yeah, right. But, but none of us really kind of had this this stuff and, and it's, it's pervasive all the way into pro sports, right? Like, sure. uh, and now they have their own limitations and I'm not one of those guys in our profession that wants to just crap on everybody else. Sure. But I would always tell folks when they came and they said, what was your different, you know, why should I train with you? I go, listen, dude, I'm just the guy that you come to when you realize half the stuff you see on Instagram doesn't work, okay. you know? And, uh, so that said, you know, you've had to recruit how many, how many folks, 
around in terms of pure coaches, people that their main job is to, to coach. Yeah, work just our about policy. 70. We got about 70 that were. So staff is about 85 and 70 pure coaches. Okay. And, and we're going to jump around here a little bit because I want to follow the conversational flow. There's a lot I want to ask you. Um, but, but we all know that great coaches are in high demand, short supply. Yep. And coach education is, is fair on the whole, relatively crap. You know, we can find people that have ingrained resources, and I know you guys do, and we're going to talk about that in a moment. Um, but a lot of it is is really focused on technique, which is necessary. You need to understand the biomechanics. I love that you you explain yourselves as you, you talk about yourselves as form Nazis. Yep. yep. And any sensitive listeners need to understand the context right. that is said. Form. Right. Form. Not in any other term. Right. You got to be huge there. But, you know, when you talk about how you will rank compliance, right, and you can do that. And you can obviously coach people up on form with your coaches and how hard it is to find and train great coaches in general. How do you also do that on how they communicate and they connect? Oh, that's so good. Yeah, it's a great question. I'll let you take that where you want. Uh, It's a lot of work. It's a lot harder. Honestly, it's a lot harder than the other one. And so um, we've got a team, an entire team that at Barbell Logic called the experience team. And it's, it's both for coaches and for clients. And it's, uh, you know, we have a CXO, we have a, a chief uh, experience officer, uh, Nikki Sims. She's actually, she interviewed you, right? So this podcast oh, uh, co-host and she's incredible. At her. She just, she's constantly focused on making connection with whether that's making connection with our clients or making connection with our staff and how to do that in an authentic way. Uh, recognizing uh, major transitions in their life, milestones, uh, pits, places that are struggles. Uh, we use those as, as, as places where we can make connection. And so, and that happens all the time. And we are, we all go through that. Maybe it's, maybe it's buying a new house. Maybe, you know, maybe you lost a pet, maybe, you know, somebody got COVID in your family, like, like good, good or bad. Like you had a baby, you got married, you went on vacation. Like these are all transition milestone type. And so, so we train our coaches uh, very intentionally to be able to make connection. I mean, look, in, Online coaching by its very nature is impersonal and we're trying to make it personal. And that's, you know, I, I know that speaks a lot to what you guys are doing. Um, it is, uh, you can be the best coach on the planet. And if you can't connect with your clients, you won't keep your clients. And obviously from a business perspective, churn is as important for us as signing up new clients. If our churn, if we're losing clients, right? So churn is that percentage of clients that we lose every month. Our churn is under 2%. I remember hearing and you so say that. That's, I mean, that's, and dude, I would love to, <laughs> I'd love to like say that's because of me. It's not like, I remember we were bragging when churn was 5% in the beginning of the business, but, and a, and a, a change from 5% to 2% is, especially when we are talking about a multi-million dollar business, you're talking about, that's a massive swing, but it was very intentional. We spent a ton of time thinking about how do we make sure we connect with the clients? How do we build community with the clients? How do we train our coaches to do this? And so we, we spend a lot of time training our, training our coaches um, you know, we're getting ready to have a big block conference here, uh, next month where, where the entire staff's getting together here in my hometown, we rented out an entire hotel and we're just spending several days, just, just having a blast with each other, building our own relationships with each other, but spending a lot of time focused on how can we continue to improve and create better connections with our clients, better connections with each other. Um, that's a, it's a huge piece of who we are and what we do. And I, again, I think it's a lost art often 
And again, why I think you've hit on such a niche as well in the coaching community is that so it's an afterthought for so many people. So many people get into that, you know, if you're really into coaching, people love to nerd out on the biomechanics and the programming. And it's, it is, I love, I love to do it too. It's fun. But if you don't know how to connect with people, then it, you're not going to succeed in this, in this career. And here's the thing. If you don't have the right personality, like if your personality is way off, I, I can't do anything about it. If your personality is infectious, I can teach you how to be a great coach. It will come with time, with experience that will come. But man, if you're the if you're the socially awkward, you don't know how to talk to people, you can't make eye contact with, you know, you, and you're not authentic and you don't care. Sometimes you just you know how to play. You're a salesman. You know how to play the game, but you don't. It's not authentic. People will read that. They'll understand it. You know, you can fake it for a while, but you can't fake it forever. So we spend as much time focused on authentic connection between our coaches and clients and as well as between our, our leadership team and our staff, as we do focused on being really professional expert coaches. Yeah. Well, you know, you phrase it really well. Once I heard you say, we try to make a lot of deposits in the client's emotional 401k. Yeah, that's right. And, and, and I think that makes a lot of sense. I think the interesting thing, and, and you said it well, also that a lot of people don't focus on it because I think Compared to programming, they feel like it's not objectively able to be measured. And we're yep. seeing that myth go away more and more, right? We're yep. doing stuff in, in our workshops that give people a tool. No, you can objectively measure somebody in context because a big issue, and, and this goes into something else I want to ask you, is it's one thing to, to try to build somebody's coaching ability so they can establish those connections. But you also don't want them to be cardboard cutouts of each other, right? right. Like you should not coach like me. I should not coach like you. That's right. You don't need a whole group at Barbell Logic or Art of Coaching that coaches like each other. Now, right. there's principles, right? But you, sure. you need them to have some differentiation there as well. Absolutely. And, and I think that that's, that's an interesting idea of like, all right, you, you clearly have to match. It, it, it's one thing to bring coaches on just to fulfill the need of all the people that want them. Yep. And you, they go through your coaching academy. If I understand it's, it's really a baked in interview process and I want you to elaborate, but I'll get to the core of the question. How do you nurture the fact that they're going to have different coaching styles, communication styles, and does that factor into how you then place them with the individuals that those oh, for sure. No, great, great question. So yeah, just a real quick elevator version of how we, how we find our coaches in the first place. So we've got enough of a, of a following now um, and we've built up a good reputation for creating professional coaches, very good coaches. I knew that the day was coming when demand was going to outstrip supply. When, when you're focused on experts, the problem is you can't scale experts very well. It's going to, it takes some time. And so we have spent, uh, oh my gosh, an inordinate amount of time since, since 2016, uh, officially launched a coaching academy in, in October of 2018 after several years of work. Uh, we've put hundreds of coaches through that now, um, and, and, it's, and it focuses on anything from um, anatomy, biomechanics, physics, programming, uh, business, connection, personal skills, all that stuff is in there. Uh, when they complete the academy, uh, there's a three-part process to becoming part of Barbell Logic. There's a written test, which is entirely academic. Um, it's not multiple choice. It's not the CSCS. It's not right. We've all done those. And, and, um, and I'm not knocking that stuff either. It's just that, you know, some people are great at taking tests. It's a lot harder when you have to write things, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's some people, I was great at taking standardized tests. Like I can, I can read a question and figure out, I can narrow it down to two choices. You know, it's not that hard. And so uh, the academic test is tough. Uh, if they pass the academic test, then they have to do a, about a two-hour interview with our with our experience team, with our culture team. 
to make sure they are not just a good, it's one, it's a, a good potential fit to work at Barbell Logic, but they don't have to be a great, a perfect fit uh, to get a professional barbell coaching certification. So they can earn the certification and still not be hired at Barbell Logic, but we're looking to make sure that they're a, a good cultural fit. And then some of that in, in that interview process is, you know, can they, can they uh, communicate effectively via, you know, over, over Zoom call, over the internet, which is what we're doing every single day to our clients. Uh, so can they do that? And then the third is a, a pretty in-depth uh, on the platform coaching live where they, they set up a, a, they have a client in person and they set up a camera and they have to coach while there is a panel of coaches watching to make sure that they are skilled in their actual uh, real-time technique. We, they also have to do the same thing with online. So we send them videos. They have to break down those videos and send them back to us as, as if we are an online coaching client. So they have to do all those things to even to even get through to become an associate coach. And then basically it's a, it's a um, what's the term called? Like when you're a plumber and you, and you follow, why can't I? Like an apprentice? Name? Yeah, it's an apprenticeship program. Thank yeah. you. Uh, it's just basically, so it's an apprenticeship program. And by the time... I've seen how you work in the academy as a student, and I've seen that you can pass the test and you have the knowledge to call yourself a professional. And then you work for us as, as an associate coach, and they're paid as an associate. It's not an unpaid internship. They're actually paid decently well. Then you get to the point where you officially become a, a full staff member. So the process is pretty long, but we've got enough people in the pipeline that we're able to continue at least so far, again, knock on wood, that the supply is able to meet the demand, but just barely. I don't feel like anybody listens to what I have to say. I struggle thinking on my feet and putting what I mean into words. There are some personalities that I really struggle understanding how to deal with, and it's causing me stress at work and at home. I'm tired of feeling like politics and other BS seem to get in the way of us getting work done and helping more people. Sound like you? Sound like somebody you know? We get it. That's why our apprenticeship communication workshops exist and we have upcoming events in Nashville, Tennessee, the UK, and Asheville, North Carolina. But you need to sign up now as tickets are going fast, so go to artofcoaching.com forward slash apprenticeship or email info at artofcoaching for more details. We've worked with large organizations such as Microsoft, Wells Fargo, and small business owners, first-time coaches, and marriage counselors. Do you get it? Our workshops are for people of all types. And if you believe there's always room to grow as a leader, then you need to become an apprentice. Go to artofcoaching.com forward slash apprenticeship. I look forward to seeing you in person. Then you get to the point where you officially become a, a full staff member. So the process is pretty long, but we've got enough people in the pipeline that we're able to continue at least so far. Again, knock on wood that the supply is able to meet the demand, but just barely. And so it's a big focus for us to continue to pursue that. And, uh, and you're right. I mean, we, we've, I've taught at the university level as well. And with the various, won't throw anybody on the bus, but just that, you know, the big personal training certifications, the big strength and conditioning certifications, I've, I've had all of those or taught those. And almost every single one of them is just a multiple choice test. And for us, coaching is so much more than that. And so I'm amazed that the, that the ones that are most widely accepted in the industry are often just literally, can you pick A, B, C, or D? And for us, it's, it, there's a lot more to it.
Yeah, sure. I mean, listen, it's a process of ongoing evolution with this, I think. And, and just to give you, um, the ability to not have to worry about that. I, I always do remind our listeners, guys, we can be critical of people. And, and that doesn't mean that we're launching a full out attack. I would say, no, Matt, I, I, I would say we're probably pretty critical of ourselves too, right? Like the really? amount, there, there's plenty of stuff we beat ourselves up over at Art of Coaching. You, so listen, I, I hope people <clears throat> take in what you just said because you have trip wires. I mean, let's call it what they are. Yep. And it's smart, right? You need to have trip wires because while everybody will DM me and say, hey, what can I do? Matt, you know, I want to do this. I want to do that. The, the reality is some people, you know, just aren't cut out for it. And that's not a knock on them or anything nope. like that. Just we're not all meant to do everything. And, and you do have to, I, I think a, a big issue that there's been watered down uh, services. I think there's an issue with a professionalism side of things in coaching in general. Absolutely. Is people let their passion steer what they're going to do. And you shouldn't always do that. Right. Like you shouldn't, you have to actually look at, do I have this skill set? Can I see something through? I'm biased as, as to why I love your use of the term apprentice, because that's what we call our, our own vetting system. We yes. our, our workshops are the apprenticeship yep. and there's a level one and a level two. And guess what? If you want to teach from us, even if you have a full-time job, right? Somebody could work for you guys for all I care. And if they want to come host a workshop and there's availability in their schedule and it's cool with you, they can do that. But we almost kind of got away from the idea of certification because we felt like that became so bastardized. But the issue is, as you know, Matt, people recognize that term. That's right. That's right. Yep. <laughs> so, then, so then it's like, well, hey, you said you weren't going to do a certification, but then you're doing this. And it's like, well, th there's a point to where you don't want to get so nuanced that nobody knows what you're talking about. That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> Differentiation yep. beyond a point yep. can be a bad thing. Yep. Yeah, for us, we had to create one of the reasons that the certification exists for us was that we needed a standard with which to make sure we can hold our employees to. I mean, so it's if somebody's like, well, how do I know that my coach is a is a professional expert coach? You know, well, I mean, if they if they all have, you know, half of them have this certification, half of them this have this other one, some of them don't have any. And, you know, I mean, we needed a standard that we could hold them to. And it was the same thing. So we absolutely champion the other certifications. I've, I've had the CSCS and the USAW, and I, mean, I think there's a lot of value in those things for sure. But for us, it, it, the reason that those alone weren't enough is they didn't speak to everything that we were doing. And so for us, that, that those uh, core values and the culture of who we are and, and that includes like how we coach and the style that we coach. And while we don't make everybody fit that perfect mold, again, one of these things that you were asking me about is once we identify that someone is a professional, and, and by the way, by the time they come through the academy and they do that work, they can be as professional as the coach that's been doing it for 40 years on day one. They cannot be as expert. Yeah. They can be as professional, Right. And so for us, it's about being a professional coach first and knowing that an expert coach is this long process that occurs over time. Like you're not, you're not one of the best in the world after having gone through an academy. We don't tell people that they are. And so we don't even use, we're, we're careful not to use the word expert and just throw that thing around. So all of our coaches, every coach at Barbell Logic is absolutely a top-notch professional. Some of them are still relatively young coaches, been doing this for two or three years, not for 20 or 30. And but but they're gonna be there, right? They're getting the and they're getting more reps in the online coaching world and seeing more technique and breaking down stuff every single day. I, I've broken down, you know, I've I've coached for 25 years at this point. I, I'm sure I have seen 100x as many reps now online doing this thing full time for the last six or seven years than I ever did in the first 20 
do it in person because the amount of people that you can coach online, even in coaching technique and even in breaking, you're not going to break down every single rep of a workout for some client in five or six minutes. I mean, you think about if you're coaching somebody for an hour, especially for the big lifts, right? For you're doing the big stuff, the squats and the presses and the deadlifts. How much time are they actually doing heavy squats, heavy? I mean, it's just a few minutes in that, in that workout, right? And there may be some circuit work and some stuff that you're going to want to look at, but you most of what you're doing, and I'm sure you guys coach this, it's it's the interactions between the lifts a lot are, are just as important too, right? So what do the conversations look like? Or you have an appropriate conversation, professional relationships there as well. We don't have to worry about that in online coaching. So you can see so many, I mean, we do have to worry about the relationship, but we right. don't have the dead time, right? Between, I don't have to figure out what I'm going to do for the next six minutes before their next set of squats. And so that has helped tremendously. Because of that, as we identify the professionals, once we've identified them as professionals, it is imperative to us that they are their own person, right? Like we, this is a premium service. It's expensive. It's not McDonald's. And I'm not knocking McDonald's coaching. If you were McDonald's coaching, in fact, all coaches should coach exactly the same. That's the point. You can go get a Whopper at, at McDonald's, a Whopper, that's Burger King. You can go get a Big Mac at, at McDonald's in Southwest Missouri, where I live. You can go get a Big Mac in Thailand and it tastes exactly the same. That's the point what a premium service does it's more of what they've traditionally called the harvard model is you hire the best people on the planet and then you give them the parameters with which to coach under and then you let them be themselves and because of that when a new client signs up for barbell logic we always have a perfect coach to pair them with we spend a tremendous amount of time making sure that our clients our, our prospective clients our new clients are paired with the right coach so we have coaches that that focus on you know postnatal moms or you know uh post uh, I was going to say, yeah, post CrossFit or sport, you know, injury rehab. We've got PTs on staff. We've got people that focus on professionals in like in their fifties, like, you know, male professionals, whatever demographic you are. And, and this is the other big competitive advantage for us. When this online coaching business started, when it was just me, it was just Reynolds strong. I'm not, there's a ton of demographics I'm not great with. And there's still a ton of demographics I'm not great with, but now that we have 70 coaches, we have someone and usually multiples who will be great with you. And so it really, really works. We can find we, and that's, man, how important is that for long-term lifetime value of the client keeping churn low is I'm trying to set my clients up with coaches that they, they want to be friends with, even if they weren't their coach. And that, and that's another kind of different place. I think we talked about this on our podcast when you were there is that that's one of the differences that you see between professional coaching or division one type coaching and what we're doing. Often you talk, you talk about this relationship that, that uh, clients have, that they can, they can do this with what are the, what are the three terms you use that they can do it like begrudgingly? What do you call it? Compliance? Oh, compliance, commitment, and resistance. That's right. And so yeah. for us, if our, you know, you can be a division one wrestling coach and tell some kid, like, if you're not in the weight room, you're not wrestling. And he, and he'll wrestle with resistance or compliance, yep. but not with commitment in the private sector. You better focus on commitment or you're going to lose them. Like 100%. even compliance is not enough. And so I use that term compliance just to identify how we, how we track the metrics, but the goal is committed clients. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing there, right, is, is meanings are in words or sorry, meanings are in people, not always in words. Right. So if you guys use compliance, right, as long as you have a, a, a definition, an operational definition yeah. of what that means and barbell logic nomenclature, that's fine. Right. Like yeah, sure. 
the last thing people need to do, and it doesn't make you a good communicator if you do it, is is so there, there. There's so many. There, there's at least two meanings for every word in the dictionary. That's right. But then there's what that means to that person here and there, and nothing sure. drives me. I I go back and it almost takes me to a red space where somebody wanted to get on me for the use of buy-in in my book, and they said, "Well, now we're teaching coaches to sell." And I looked around. I go, "Excuse me." Not only in the book does not it say buy-in is trust plus commitment, but buy-in is a pretty universal term. I think people, right. most people know what that yes, means. For sure. Um, so you won't hear me criticize you on that. A couple points because you do such a good job giving rich rants, not, not just rants, but rich rants. <laughs> um, touching on coaching every rep, you're, you're spot on there about, you know, it doesn't make somebody an expert coach if they sit there and they critique every single thing. That's performative. You know, beyond a point, it's performative. And, and I've been a part of, and again, nothing wrong with the organization. Just sometimes people, I think, um, I misunderstand uh, principle. You want people to feel like they're getting critical coaching and you want them to understand that you're being thoughtful on how you do that. But I remember, I mean, there was a point in time where it was almost movement snobs. You know, if yeah, it's, that's right. oh my God, every single rep, there had to be something. And it's like, ah, you're trying to substantiate your paycheck here, you that's know, right. and, and you're not thinking about the client experience. And not only that, it's poor motor learning. You know, if, if somebody does a few reps that are poor, you need to take it for what it is. You know, my kid is going to learn how to ride a bike someday when he's not 19 months old and swallowing his own snot all the time. I'm not going to get on there and like, oh my God, you know, you're going to fall, let him wobble a little bit. It's okay. Now, of course, we always have to say this, right? Disclaimer, as long as they're not in harm's way. So I want to touch on that. Two, I love that you talk about pricing and, and we're almost going to get there. I just have two more questions on, on how you develop because I think it's truly extraordinary and it speaks to your guys' professionalism. But it was nice to hear that, you know, you, you have a premier product and in strength and conditioning or training, let's use all the damn terms. It's always a race to the bottom. It's a suffering always. Olympics. Yeah. It's like people have to do cheaper and cheaper. Now, I, I have a good friend and I appreciate him and I love him and he won't mind me being critical. I'm not going to use his name. He talked about how, you know, it, he focuses on speed like you focus on strength and more of a track background. And he says, you know, I charge $35 an hour and I look at him, I'll call him Harold for the sake of anonymity. And I go, Harold, $35 an hour? Are you batshit crazy? Yeah. I go, you know, look, like not only look, look at the market, he goes, well, you know, he starts substantiating and, and listen, most coaches aren't brought up with a business background. I've been there. I remember when somebody Same quoted way. me a speaking thing and, you know, we've all, we all go through it. It's fine. Um, but I remember a third party said something great. He goes, listen, buddy, I got to tell you, he goes, if, if you have a chance to go to a $35 massage or a $120 one, which one are you going to go to? Right. And the guy goes, well, 35. And he goes, well, herein lies the problem. He goes, I've had a $35 massage. That's right. I've had a $120 massage. Now I'm not saying all the expensive ones are good. Sure. He goes, but it, like there's a responsibility when you have a premium price product that right. if you have the right people, you over deliver on that product and nobody That's should exactly ever right. question what they paid for it. Right. That's right. Yep. Um, and you know what? Screw the other questions. We're going into that. How did you decide that you were just going to skip that? And say, uh, skip, let me rephrase it, let me, because I, you got me going now. How did you decide, no, this is going to be our price point. We're going to own it. And even if it's crickets for a little bit, which I'm sure it wasn't, but there's somebody listening that they've sure. taken that leap. They've now become turned pro in their business. They are going to raise their price. Why should they not be nervous about that? Why do they need to stick it out? Well, I mean, your, your job as a coach, regard or whatever you do, if you're a trash man, your job is to provide value for your clients, period, right? And so, again, come back to the question where you asked me, what are we not going to do? We're never going to do the race to the bottom. Never. That will never, we are never going to be a volume company in a race to the bottom. Hey, I'll do as, I'll coach as many people as we can at a premium product and we'll crush it. But that's not who we are. And so I knew from the very beginning that if I, I could see what the standard um, service was, which was, again, 
they were Excel spreadsheet templates. You know, they were Google Sheets templates. And I saw like, that's not, that's not very much service. I don't want to do that. So if that's not what I want to do, what do I? So I started with what the service looked like before I started the price. I said, well, the service is going to be, I have to be able to actually see the technique from my client. So in, in the old days, when I first started doing this with technique, it was just, you could, you had to upload it to YouTube and send me a YouTube video, right? Like we didn't have our own app or anything, but it worked. And I was able to break it down and break down YouTube videos. But so I knew if I'm going to break down technique, that's a level of service. that Almost nobody else is doing the online coaching business. Now, on top of that, I had learned from my days on a, on a, on a large gym. I talked about that. I'm sure in the beginning of the show, uh, I recognized that customer service was huge. And so if I were, if I was going to provide a service that I was going to provide top-notch technique coaching, personalized programming, and oh, by the way, treat everybody awesome, which again, seems like it should be a no-brainer, but for some reason, the fitness industry, we want to walk around with chips on our shoulder. Uh, I recognized that I could charge a premium price. And so the market will dictate what the price ends up needing to be long-term, but you can't get scared in the short term, right? So when we first launched the business back in 16, we charged, I think it was $179 a month. And I remember thinking that was expensive in 16, $179 a month. And we had said, when we get to client number 500, it's going up to 199. Well, it didn't take very long. We got to client 500 and we went to 199 and the signups didn't slow down. They stayed the same. And then we got a few hundred more and we went to, I think, 219 or two, yeah, somewhere in that two, 229 two, or 209. And now our, our flagship base product is 225. Well, 225, you know, I'm sure you, you charge that per hour for coaching people. That's not, you know, that's not a, so people pay for high level in-person coaching, thousand bucks, 1500 bucks a month. They'll, they'll pay that. And so for online coaching to get the same level coach that you would have for in-person that you don't have access to because you live out in the middle of nowhere or you just don't have access to them, then 200 bucks is not that big of a deal, right? Now we've got even premium services that go up beyond that, but we're, we're all in the wheelhouse of, you know, 200, $225 a month up to maybe 400. And that includes, that includes uh, nutrition. And for most people, you talk about the type of demographic you're pursuing if you're pursuing upper class upper middle class i'll, I'll, I'll use this as an example because i can my brother is a paying client of barbell logic full full price paying client yeah I, I was like listen i can he's like nope this was man my brother retired at 37 he's got plenty of money i guarantee you he has no clue what he's paying for coaching mm. for clients if if you're gonna make a premium product or a premium service and you're gonna go after premium clients your premium clients don't know if it's $200 or $600 because they're buying premium They're And it's not just because it says premium, you better be able to meet it with the Like they know what premium service looks like. They may not remember if it's 200 bucks or 300 bucks or 400 bucks because it doesn't matter to them. So the problem that you, you have a lot of times with these, with coaches, most of us, and I'll speak obviously paying with a broad brush. Dude, sure. I was raised super poor Baptist preacher's kid. I, to this day, have never had a happy meal. My, my parents never bought me a happy meal. That was for rich kids. I'm grateful for that, right? I'm thankful for that upbringing. I'm glad I wasn't given a big inheritance. That's not what I wanted at all. But the value of a dollar to me is still is still there. Yeah. And so it, it's terrifying to go, well, this is, you know, or even when people try to see me in person now, I'm in, and I'm in Southwest Missouri. I'm in the Ozarks. It's like, well, I'm- Midwestern, maybe. That's, that's right. It's like, well, I'm 
$250 for the first hour and $200 an hour after that. It, to this day, I every time I send that email out, I go, I gasp. I'm like, oh, that is, that's attorney prices. I've done this for 25 years. Yeah. Uh-huh. Got, you know, right? And so it's and like attorney prices, by the way. Attorney, right. I know, I know, I know. It's not, you're right. <laughs> so it's as somebody who spent a couple hundred grand on attorneys the last couple of years, I know that too. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's so you have to recognize that if you're gonna if you're gonna provide the premium service and the premium product, you're providing that to premium clients and premium clients will pay it. And I, it's exact so you're not providing that service to the guy who wants the $35 massage. No, no, no. You're no. providing the service to the guy who wants the $120 massage. I'm never paying $35 for a massage. That's terrifying. That's I don't want to go to someplace. I don't know what's going to happen in there. Don't want any part of it. Give me the professionals. I want to go to the spa, not the little place in the strip mall, right? So, yes, that's what we're doing. Yeah, well, and, and, and Midwest jump off here, Warren Buffett, right? Price is what you pay, value is what you get. And That's right. I remember when we, when we first started this company, I had said, and you know, I was a guy, same thing. You know, my parents came from humble beginnings, what have you. And I, I got my haircut, like a great clips or a super cut yeah. I have a super complicated haircut, you know, but when I got a beard, I remember going to a real barber for the first time, That's right, a real barber. And I remember the price being like 65 bucks, which that to me was, you know, very expensive, you know, just uh, getting my beard trimmed, but I was going to speak. I wanted to be professional, what yeah. have you. And I remember just the right amount of small talk, just, you know, the yep. straight razor, everything. Yep. And Leather that- apron, hot towels on the face. You're like, bro, this is so much better. hundred percent. And then I remembered, I go, you know what, if we have, if we had a brick and mortar, there would be a barber chair in the main entryway as a reminder, almost like a totem for my yep. staff every oh, that's day. Like that's that. the standard. That's, right. that's that right there. And so when somebody asks me, Hey, what is great coaching to mean to you? I mean, I go, you know, I use an, a, a skilled barber. There's enough trust that they're going to hold a straight rage, uh, a straight blade to your throat. That's right. And of course a coach isn't going to do that, but they, they wield their product, their service, the way they do it. And that has real consequences to it. If they do it right. Any, any tool has virtue and vice and, and they yep. can, they can cut you or it can, they can help you. And I go, it's just the right amount of small talk. It's not too much. They know just to win or interject. And not only that, it's not just them. It's about the environment you create. Which right. talk, talk about the professional product again, right? You know, if you, if you, if you spend and or just telling somebody just splurge once on a little bit nicer of, you know, the Ritz Carlton's always well world renowned. And I had never sure. really gone to one except for my dad. He went to a business trip and took us when we were kids. And I remember, holy shit, as somebody that used to steal all the toiletries, I was a little kid, right. I was obsessed with it. I'm like, dad, they got a sewing kit in here. Yoink. Yeah. You know, they have a handwritten card. You know, it leads me to one of my final questions because your time's so valuable. I want to be, I want to be locked and loaded with this. When you have a premium product, when you're so picky about, you know, the people you bring on board and you should, you're so precise about what you do. I mean, you've got to, aside from the academy, there's got to be some pretty incredible onboarding systems here, right? Yeah. And, and oh, just to frame it up, I can tell you about like, we're, we're a much smaller team at Art of Coaching. And we have this living, breathing document that's kind of an if this, then that, Matt, yep. right? Like if somebody, if somebody um, wants one of us to come speak, and there's a budget mismatch. What's another zone of possible agreements? We have things like that. We have things like, hey, if somebody reaches out and asks for this, if there's a conflict, if there's a, you know, whatever it is, as you know, a business owner, sure. it, whatever it is. Um, but we, you know, even with that level of precision, and we even have a communication hierarchy of saying, hey, if you're going to have this conversation, uh, let's say um, uh, the richness of the medium, right? If you if, if blank, 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 try to make it face-to-face, if it's, yes. if it's a customer service thing, obviously e- emails for evidence have that. If it's a staff meeting of a certain thing, 
what kind of onboarding systems do you guys have in play? Because tell me about a failure. I, I know why your product's awesome, but tell me something that sucked that you had to try to resolve through onboarding at some point. Well, we've done it all wrong at some point. I mean, that's for, for me in the beginning, it was just the, the onboarding used to be uh, a series of emails that they got. And then we realized, and which is fine, that's fine, right? Yeah. But we're providing a premium service that's heavily interactive. So at some point we're like, why are we sending PDF documents over emails? So we created, so we've got one, one of the things that we do that we're really proud of is we've put out a tremendous amount of free content over the last several years, YouTube channel, podcasts, all that sort of stuff. And we, we pay, you know, our podcast, I pay Uber professional producer to produce the thing. So it sounds great. Sound quality is outstanding. Videos are the same way. I've got guys that shoot uh, movies and commercials in Hollywood. I've got post-production team that does our videos. Our videos are, are short and easily digestible and they sound great and they look great and they're well lit. So when we got to onboarding, we're like, why aren't we doing that with our clients? So now our onboarding is entirely interactive. Anywhere that we can get away from text and make it video interactive, you know, we've got a, you know, we've got a, a, a great looking coach. It's not scary. It's not a 280 pound powerlifter like myself, you know, that's somebody that almost anybody could relate to. They're walking you through what your, what your experience at Barbell Logic is going to be like. There's screen recording, screen apps, and there's just this very clean system. One of the things I learned a long time ago, strong is I'm a systems guy. Like I love systems. Systems, some people think systems make you neurotic. I argue it's the complete opposite. When I have great systems in place, I have people on the team that own those systems and I no longer have to micromanage people. Yeah. And so we have, so I, you know, in the beginning, when you're a one man show, you are the manager, you're the owner, you're the technician, you're the coach, you're the, you're the, you know, the secretary that answers the phone, you're everything. And as time goes on, you, you hire staff to do that. And then you have these systems that you built that were imperfect, but you, you get to give it to them and they're better at that job than you were. And so now I've got an entire team that thinks about literally everything. So in our on-ramp, it's super, super interactive. And then what the emails, our clients get a series of about one email every five days or so for the first several weeks that they're a client. It's a very personalized email, but it walks them through. We know what they're going to be going through five days in then 10 days in then 15, like what the struggles are. Here's probably what you're struggling with here. You know, you're really excited right now because it's easy to add weight to the bar. And then they hit that point where things start to slow down and you go, hey, here's why you shouldn't be discouraged, right? So all those little things where they hit a plateau and then and then we've got great buy op opportunities that everything we offer at Barbell Logic, we give them their first month 100% free. So when somebody is starting to get ready to hit a plateau, you're like, you know what? Why don't you try our nutrition program It's for completely free for a month and just see what you think? Well, it's, again, you go back to that, Imagine if you went to that barber shop the first time and you didn't have to pay the 60 bucks, it was hundred percent free, but the, the service, the value was incredible. You're going to go back. And so for us, we do the same thing. It's like, man, just give people an incredible value for, again, for a price of zero, they pay nothing, but it's a customer acquisition because it's marketing cost for us. And so everything is systemized and organized and beautiful. And then we do the same thing. We've got a big system that I could go on forever about, about the, about our inner company communication or intra company communication. So the way we do project management on Basecamp, the way we do our monthly meetings, the way we've made everything efficient so that each person can really be who they are in the business and they're not a cog in a machine, but we don't get bogged down with two hour meetings. We don't do two hour meetings. Everything is very efficient. My time is important. And sometimes my time is important because I want to go hang out at the swimming pool with my wife. 
right? It's because that's why I want to work efficiently, not because I want to work 16 hours a day. I want to work super smart, not and hard, but not long so that I can free up time to spend time with my kids and spend time with my wife and like actually unplug when I want to, those sort of things are important. So we, yeah, uh, again, I would love to take uh, credit for all that stuff. I had a pretty good hand in that in 2016, but as the team is, I am very lucky and very blessed and just a tiny little bit skilled at being able to put the right people in place and delegate well. And so now at this point, the team is just outstanding. I could never do this without them. Uh, and every person on our team is far better at their job than I ever could have done it. And so it's yeah, well, listen, to them. It's, it's important that you, it, it's an important service that you're not only providing to people that need the coaching, but I think <laughs> this sounds awful, kind of bringing coaching back in general is just critically important, you know, and when you create a workplace that emphasizes coaching instead of, hey, guys, here at Barbell Logic, we need you to get nuanced tools and, and hyper crazy equipment. Like you're not, the training is, is a staple, right? But people right. stay for the coaching. And I think that's the thing that I still try to get across to, to some of our audiences. People say, Hey, can I shadow you? Can I do this? And they still want the breadth that was just coaching pro athletes all day, every day. Yeah. Right. And, right. and what, what we say is guys, we're doing a little something different now. Now here's what that day looks like. You still want to come. And you can see the people that just want to do it because they want to train pro athletes versus That's the people right. that love coaching. That's right. And, and like you said a million times, there's nothing wrong with that being them being in yeah. that phase or season of their life, but it lets you know they're they're not for you. I loved what you said about the meeting too, in case the audience didn't listen. You know, we're still growing in that. You have to make it efficient. We were getting down a trap where our, our one-time team meeting was starting to take on a visionary tone uh, as well as an admin tone and what have you. Yep. And they were getting a little long. And I said, guys, no, we need to have one time a week. We're going to have a, a meeting that focuses mainly on the vision side of things. What are we doing? What's this quarter look like? What have you? Then we'll have another shorter meeting. That's going to be the administrative, Hey, old business, new business, what have you. Let's not do a marathon meeting. And we're still finding our way through that. You've got to find what works for you and, and your own, you know, your own kind of fit. There is a lot to chew on here, man. But I just want to tell you that I deeply appreciate your transparency. I deeply tra uh, appreciate the professionalism you're you're continuing to bring to this and i appreciate the friendship frankly yeah, you know because uh so much. there's a lot of people that have scarcity mindsets here and they don't want to share and uh you're always a guy of abundance whenever i'm around you so tell us where we can plug and play your stuff where do you want the listeners to go how can we sure. support you thank, thank you so much by the way on the transparency you know it's way easier to be transparent than to hide stuff and then like, I, I don't want to be a guy that's got skeletons in my closet. I'd rather, by the way, nothing, there's no better humor than self-deprecating humor. Yeah. And so when you have a podcast, it's so much better when you can be the butt of your own joke and you don't have to hide that stuff. So it's just, life's easier to, to live that way. So man, I, I would love, I, here's what I tell people. Uh, it's super easy to find Barbell Logic. Google Barbell Logic, get on YouTube and watch our videos, listen to podcasts. The best place to start, and we've got great articles and eBooks and all that stuff for free. The best place to start with the content because the content's free and see if it, it's a good fit for you if you're interested. And for your for your coaches who don't necessarily want, they're not necessarily like the type of demographic or client, they don't necessarily want to hire us to be their coaches. I think we've got a lot of great value just in the content. So check out our YouTube channel at Barbell Logic. Check us out on all social media. We're really active on Instagram, primarily at Barbell Logic. Um, so we're super easy to find, but I love, I love it when people consume the content and then just reach back out to us and say, man, I got so much value out of this. I'm a coach. I'm not somebody that's looking for, you know, personal coaching right now for myself, but I I've been able to get tons of value there for free. I love that I, because I want to develop that reputation that we're trying to bring value to people, whether they're spending nothing with us, that freemium sort of product, or whether there's, you know, one of our biggest spenders of our clients, it, 
it, it doesn't matter to me. I want to be able to bring value to that world. I see the fitness industry and the coaching area, coaching industries as broken, but as coming back, they're moving back in the right direction for the first time in a long time, in my opinion. And I want to help not necessarily lead the charge, but be, part, be on the team. I need to be, I want to be in the team picture to be able to say like, hey, there are right ways to do this. And so uh, we try to do that. And I would love it if people just found our content, found the videos, let us know if, it, if you got some value out of those things, out of the articles or eBooks or the podcast, long form stuff. The podcast, the Barbell Logic podcast is really a systematic progression from the very most simple things you can talk about in strength and conditioning in the early episodes to slightly more complex as we went along. So it had a very nice systematic progression to it. We do seasons now, we do a combination of both new episodes that come out every Monday, and then we do seasons like you get with, you know, Wondery or one of those where we launch almost Netflix style. So we'll launch, you know, we'll launch nine episodes in three days and, and they can hear an entire season on different topics that are, are really pretty cool. So we have technique series or the getting started series, the nutrition series or whatever, and it's a great place to start as well. Yeah, well, I love it. And and by the way, leading the charge and, and all the changes you want to make, you got to find a way for our companies to collaborate, you know, yeah, sim for sure. sim similar. So if you guys, you know, after hearing this and consuming their content, getting to know Matt and everything, we want to hear from you. What ways would you like to see organizations like ours continue to push coaching no matter what format together? You know, we're always listening and, and it's one of the things that hopefully keeps us adaptable and providing value to you guys for, for years to come. Well, Matt, thank you again, man. Here's a round of applause for you. So. We got a live studio audience and everybody Excellent. until next time, this is Brett Bartholomew, Matt Reynolds, Art of Coaching Podcast. Take care. Hey, are you still there? Good. Because if you are somebody looking for additional mentoring, I would love for you to check out our coalition program. Now, due to my own schedule, I'm trying to write a book, I'm trying to be a dad, I'm trying to do other things. I can only open these things up twice a year. And it's your opportunity to work alongside myself, yes, actually me, my staff, and others, so you can get clarity, accountability, and guidance with whatever matters most to you right now, whether that's a personal issue, a professional problem you're trying to solve, anything of a sort. So please give us the opportunity to join you on your journey go to artofcoaching.com forward slash coalition and let's schedule a call.